Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King with another episode of The Johnny King Show. I'm stoked to have the man, the legend, uh, Philip Folson, back in the house. Not back in the house, in the house for the first time. How are you, man? So good. So good. He's the CEO of Wolf Tribe, and I'm just excited to get into all the things. He's been in, you've been in men's work for quite a while, yes? Mm. Yeah, nigh 30 years, young Jedi. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is, I, I just, when we chatted before offline, well, before the recording, I just felt like, um, I don't know, you, you, you have that mentor type energy, the king energy where you, you've lived enough life where you've got great wisdom and yet you are not even remotely close to being done, you know? So I'm excited to no. kind of tap into some of that. Yeah, I have gravitas about me now. <laughs> gravitas, yes. Which exactly. is a nice way of saying you're old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have such command bearing. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. you're old. Yeah, that exactly. Too? Yeah, I'm getting there. They but, say uh, um, that men in their 50s, um, wisdom blossoms and strength endures. Mm. So mm. Well for all y'all young men, yeah. uh, and my guess is that if you're watching Johnny King, you're probably, you know, What's what? What's your what's 30s your range? 40s. Yeah, thirties and forties. Yeah, yeah, some, some yeah. men in the fifties, sure. Yeah, but fifties is sweet, man. I mean, the joints are kind of a bummer. Uh, you know that 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 starts to happen, but in terms of just emotional regulation, uh, getting a handle on you know trauma, discipline, and service, mm. like that, it it seems to have solved a lot of the big issues. So I get to just play offense now. Instead of yeah. dealing with the self-sabotage shit of, you know, when I was in my thirties. Mm. So I love, it. I love it. Well, lots to get into. Let's, uh, let's jump into, it. I'm excited. Now you, you also served, uh, in an elite unit of the United States army, correct? Yeah. I was in the very first, um, reconnaissance, uh, program, armor acquisition program that was using drones. And we were, I was doing all, uh, I was partnering with, uh, Lockheed Martin in oh. the eighties about okay. that whole that's when they started it back in the 80s drones it was very hush hush nobody knew yeah Yeah. so we all had uh you know secret security clearances and you couldn't talk about it and you know now now it's wide open but we were definitely doing uh all that uh gulf war testing in the mid 80s that's where we were we were all prepping for that uh so you know they know what's happening next yeah and i actually have a lot of friends who are pretty high up in different branches and it, it's kind of frightening to hear what they're talking about. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're, 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 um, the, the stuff that we were dealing with in terms of GPS and um, a whole bunch of stuff in the 80s didn't hit the civilian world until 10 years later, which means that whatever we're using right now on, on any of the technology, technology platforms, Mm, there's way more. Just know that. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, as the technology increases kind of on an exponential level, 
you know, yeah, what's what's all going on behind the scenes? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a fun time, but also uh, it can be a uh, overwhelming kind of scary time to be involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I wanted to chat with you about, just because uh, you know, so many men, especially through just me starting to get into men's work myself pandemic uh a lot of men feel seem like they're they're lost they're in a lot of pain they're alone i know you've talked a lot about just kind of the isolation Mm -hmm. the lone wolf syndrome tell tell the guys uh those that are listening a little bit more just of of your background because i don't want to necessarily read the the formal bio but if you don't mind tell a little bit more about your background yeah sure um and this is also kind of a segue and some educational stuff about the work that I do as an anthropologist and as a culture leadership development person. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are designed as young men, and I'm speaking, I'm going to assume, you know, your, your loyal listener is our men, although I'm sure you have a lot of women who want to like, what's going on with these men? And where do I find one that's functional? Um, So how we're designed to operate is we're domesticated by our mothers. And they're the ones who keep us safe so we don't leap out of trees, which we would do, or, you know, throw shit at each other in the supermarket, which we would do. So our mothers domesticate us and they keep us safe. And that's awesome. Uh, But at some point, that um, container is limiting. Mm. And at that point, we need to go from our mother's house to our father's house, Mm -hmm. which is a rite of passage or an initiation. And it requires... Uh, the death of an old operating system and the rebirth of a new one. And there's a very well-researched process to that that has happened in every single culture across every time period, except for ours. Hmm. So we're all a bunch of adolescent males pretending to be men and terrified of being found out as inadequate or as imposters. And there are many men who inherently kind of feel particularly if you're raised by a single mom, like I was, uh, or an absent father or whatever yep. your scenario was, yep. then you know there's something you have to go do to transition to your father's house. And a lot of times it involves whatever you have available, which is why we see things called shadow initiations, mm-hmm. which are you know, um, gangs or drinking buddies or sports friends, or in my case, it was the military. Mm. That was my intentional transition into my father's house. And uh, it wasn't a complete initiation because there are some components that are not installed because psychology is an operating system. Right. And every time we go through some big event that uh, upgrades our operating system, it, which requires the death of the old one. Mm. And so that was uh, my first transition into um the, the journey that I'm on. And eventually there was an awareness of, uh, I, I had some core wounds, which were about inadequacy and addictions and all of the downstream symptoms of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that I was the only one. I thought, oh, I'm broken. I hope I don't get found out. And so let me just keep putting this facade up yeah. you know, and cut and run. And then at some point I realized that we all are that. Every man I know is crippled by that. And so my big question was why? Because we're not designed for that. It's it's not a, we're not a broken species. Mm. And so what's the story behind all that, which led me into this, you know, multi-decade 
spiral of excavating ancient and elder wisdom in different cultures and whatever hacks I can do to discover uh, how to make people happy and healthy and high performing. I love that. You mentioned something I wanted to, to ask you about. What, what, how would you describe a, well, you described it, but what's the purpose of a shadow gang? Uh, it's a shadow initiation, which shadow means. Initiation. If people like, don't know about shadow work or the shadow. Uh, thing, explain. Yeah. Shadow is a kind of a tricky catch all word in psychology or men's work mm-hmm. uh, or honestly mythology because mythology is not literal. Uh, the moment you start taking mythology as literal, then you've created a religion. Mm-hmm. I'm just stirring some shit up for your listeners right now. Yeah. Uh, so mythology is not literal and it's not linear and it deals with metaphor. Mm. And so there is some universal metaphors throughout all of our mythology. And some of those are gold. Mm. Like what, what, why, what is it about gold? It's a useless metal too soft to make tools or weapons out of so what is it about gold Mm -hmm. and but it's universally revered across every culture and time span and it represents uh value it connects to the sun there's a whole bunch of things that are uh it that are reacted to by humans shadow is the opposite Mm. so gold and shadow and what's interesting is that gold is mined in shadow and Campbell says that the cave you fear to enter contains the treasure you seek. Mm. So shadow is generally recognized as the unknown. It's the chaos or the dark place that people have to go to. It's not necessarily bad. And when we judge it as being bad, then it becomes uh, damaging and toxic and filled with despair and depression. If we look at it as being simply the unknown filled with magic transformation and chaos, then all of a sudden it's no longer uh, a negative thing. It's a trans, an, an uncomfortable transformational piece. Yeah. yeah and right. you, and you initially asked uh, like the current technological wave of change is either uh, exciting or scary. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between exciting and scary? Uh, I would say maybe your purpose behind it. I'm not sure. So what are the effects of the, of the, those different interpretations? Cause let's assume that uh, excitement and fear are the same thing as we experiencing them. Right. So how we interpret them creates a tremendous downstream uh, differentiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But a very similar energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Initially. And from a just simple biochemical uh, platform, if I'm interpreting this podcast as being uh, scary and vulnerable and uh, overwhelming and I'm going to be found out and whatever, then what's happening with my amygdala, which is the smoke alarm in the center of our reptile brain goes off and it says, you're being threatened right now. You're going to be embarrassed. People are going to watch this. You're going to be revealed as a fraud. So all of a sudden, my amygdala says, hey, this is red alert. We got to fight and flight. So let me pump you up with cortisol, norepinephrine, adrenaline, and we're going to kick on that sympathetic nervous system so you can beat this dude and you will not be overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I've got all these stress hormones. My sympathetic nervous system's going off. And what that does is it turns off my executive function. Mm. 
Mm. It turns off my compassion, turns off my immune system and my libido and my digestion. And so all of a sudden my life is shitty mm. as opposed to, Ooh, I get to share this hour with Johnny King. Now all of a sudden my amygdala's like, cool, man, let me give you some serotonin, some dopamine, some oxytocin. Now all of a sudden, I'm having this sense of uh, inherent well-being and excitement and I'm sharing, I'm in flow state. It's the same podcast, but my interpretation of the podcast yep. is very, very radically different. And that's shadow. I love uh, it. Carl Jung says, if you're any tree whose branches reach to heaven, its roots reach to hell. Hmm. That's the dynamic. Uh, and it, it is the most clean, non-judgmental version of shadow mm -hmm. it's like hey man go in there that's where your roots go so it powers your branches awesome and, and a lot of this you took from your understanding of ancient cultures and, and kind of applying them to just your modern day uh experiences and opportunities i guess sure um there's a vast amount of ancient wisdom in all of our mythology it's the oldest operating system that we have recorded yeah and it's basically the uh, roadmap of how to live life mm. uh, thrown up from the depths of our species mm. it, in, it includes all of these big key things and there's there very little difference between cultures they all contain dragons heroes gold yeah. Yeah. shadow you know threshold guardians it's the same thing mm. so we can try to invent a new reality a new society but the reality is it's not it's not proving to work mm -hmm. it's not working uh if you take a look at just the measurables of our current culture with our yeah. just skyrocketing depression anxiety and suicide addiction it's not working right right with all the work that you've been doing with men over the the decades are you finding I imagine this is kind of a leading question. I imagine you're finding patterns of success and patterns of failure. And what are you seeing that men are consistently struggling with in, in their life over the years that you've been doing this? Um, well, success leaves clues is kind of one of the interesting things. And I don't believe that, you know, there's a thing called the great man or the era or the idea of the great man. Yeah. And there certainly has been periods of history that have thrown up an unusual amount of great men. Mm. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, kind of the golden era, what they refer to in the timetables of history, well, where we we see um, in Greece, all of, uh, you know, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, like all of the great thinkers in Greece were happening at the same time that Old Testament prophets were mm. dropping their wisdom, which was happening at the exact same time that all of, you know, Confucius and all, you know, all of the Eastern wisdom sources were happening. So something was going yeah, on at that sweet spot in human history. Mm -hmm. And then it happened again with, uh, you know, 300 years ago, when you see all the, all this in enlightenment, you see all the founding fathers in the United States, you see all these remarkable things happening uh, where people had their needs met enough that they were able to take some shots at not just surviving, but thriving, becoming aspirational mm. and shooting for a return to virtue. You don't get to talk about virtue when you're defending your house right. or you're starving to death 
or you're ravaged by plague, then you're not talking about virtue. It's a luxury. Now, I believe we're entering that phase. Uh, I think we're entering a a new era of great men. Mm. And I'm watching it with, uh, and we both know Traver. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a bunch of men who are young guns Mm. who have integrated the information that my generation um, scrambled for. Mm. Uh, You know, it was hard to figure out meditation when I was a young man. Like you had to basically go to India. Yeah. You could, you're not, you're not even going to the library to get a book. Um, you're, you're going to India if yeah. you're going to learn to meditate. Right. Yeah. You know, and so now, you know, you just have to open your little insight timer app. Yeah. Right. And, and you get teachers coming into your phone going, let me teach you how to meditate. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. So we're entering a really exciting era. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some great men on the horizon and I can't wait for these leaders to step up and start uh, returning to Gondor, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Lord of the Rings, the Ar- Ar- Aragorn out as a ranger having adventures. Fuck mm. that. We need you back. We need you back here. Like come back from your retreats and all of your ice baths and shadow work and healing shit, you know, come on back and lead. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to make the difference is it right now. There's a lot of self-interest going on mm. with men. And uh, at some point that has got to come home again. Yep. Uh, when the grail needs to be brought back to Gondor. Yep. Camelot or whatever the analogy yeah. you want to use. Yeah. yeah. So is that touching upon uh, the patterns that you're seeing of where, where men are struggling? Is it that, uh, that focus on one's interests? Uh, it's mm. the low self-esteem. Is it the, the, the wounding of past generations that's being passed. What, what are you seeing? Is- Have you read Iron John? No, I haven't, book? but I'm meaning to. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I had a, if I had um, like a little doctor prescription sheet, yeah. I would prescribe all every man watching and every woman watching who loves men or has a man. Uh, you get Iron John, a okay. book about men by Robert Bly. Okay. I'm writing uh, it down it. now. Okay. So it's a, it is Robert Bly's explication, which is a fancy word of saying unpacking or giving information of an ancient initiation ritual Mm. of a prince who has to become a man. And there's, it's one of the most comprehensive psychological master classes that um, I've ever, I've ever read. And so in a nutshell, uh, once the, the prince goes off with uh, the wild man, Iron John, into the woods. This is the road of trials portion mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. It's like the training montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is tasked with keeping a sacred pond clean. Okay, There's three uh, events across three days that he fails. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question about what is the problem with men or what do we see as our self-sabotage or uh, where we get derailed, Um, These are the three things in a nutshell. Number one, on the first day, the prince has a wound and he suffered the wound when he let the wild man out of the cage. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens when we leave our mother and we go to our father's house and we receive a wound. This is why in initiation, you get a scar, you get a, you know, you get a tooth knocked out, you get something happens, right? That's your wound. And so the prince, uh, his, 
his wound was on the finger and it hurts so bad he dips it in the water and strike one mm. iron john comes back and said hey uh let that one slide don't do it again mm. day two he has healed his wounds and his trauma enough that he is absolutely not going to put that shit in the water again mm. and uh, what happens is he's so focused on his wound that a bunch of leaves fall down into the sacred pond he's like ah so iron john comes back says strike two last chance kid and then on the last day the prince has healed his trauma he has developed the discipline and the practices so that he is vigilant about maintaining his life and he's so focused on that he's got his life dialed in mm. that he catches his uh reflection in the water his mm. a glimpse of himself and he's like, look at me go. And as he's looking at himself, his bangs fall into the water. And the moment his bangs drop into the water, his whole hair turns to gold. And it's the moment that the spirit has entered him or the inspiration. Hmm. Iron John comes back to, oh, kid, I knew it was going to happen. But strike three, I love you. But now you got to go out and you have to learn the meaning of suffering. Hmm. And this is... Uh, the Greeks call it katabasis, which is the descent into ashes, the ordeal, the, the abyss, the dark night of the soul. And this is where Carl Jung says, you send your roots to hell. And uh, at that point, he has some other adventures where he eventually ends up claiming his kingdom, which would probably be another podcast. Yeah. But those are the three issues. We're all traumatized. We haven't healed our wounds. So we're bleeding yep. all over everything. Number two, we are undisciplined and we, have enough, we don't have enough practices to maintain a robust life. And number three, we have not yet returned to Gondor. We're not serving. Mm. So we think it's all about us. Mm. Fascinating. Fascinating. Men, right? take uh, notes, men. Yeah, no, they're taking notes. I'm taking notes for sure. I think this is pretty, pretty profound. Uh, although I'm I'm sure it repeats itself, you know, <laughs> through time, you know, in many ways, we just keep living the same journey as men, just as they were 2000, 3000, 4000 years ago, I'm sure, mm. um, in many regards, and then other areas were, of course, evolving. But how are you incorporating some of these things into tell tell the listeners a little bit more about all the programs you offer and the workshops and the rites of passage? I'm, just, I'm curious, since we're kind of chatting about it. Well, I'm repping, for all you guys who, who are listening, you can't see, I'm repping all my K4 swag today yeah. because uh, um, I'm part of a big men's group called King of the Four Houses. And we run a 13-week uh, intensive uh, program online uh, about masculine studies. We do a deep dive into Iron John. We do a deep dive into the hero's journey and how uh, the archetypes of... Um, masculinity are embedded in the hero's journey and how they are the foundational anchors to the psychology of men mm. and that those four archetypes are the king the warrior the magician and the lover mm -hmm. and interestingly enough there's a moment in iron john where he's finally ready to go claim his kingdom and he goes out to the stables to go off to war to follow the men mm. and uh, they have left him a shitty three-legged horse and he knows he's never getting to the battle. He's never claiming glory and he's not getting his kingdom. Hmm. So this three-legged horse is a metaphor for we are all somewhat functional in three of the four archetypes. And there's one 
that is our blind side or our Achilles heel. Interesting. And okay. until you until you get that four-legged horse, none of us are claiming our kingdom. Hmm. And so K4 is king of the four houses. Hmm. Beautiful. Uh, and is it is it pretty common that there's one of the four archetypes that men are not proficient in? Or is it like all of yeah. the board, you know? There is always one that that people are comfortable with Mm -hmm. and it's the it is the behavior in which we have spent the most time Mm. and and this is a combination of nature and nurture Mm. so everybody all of us men are born with a certain uh amount of desire for peace or power Mm -hmm. competence or compassion Mm. so where we fall on those two continuums places us in one of four different quadrants. Mm. And this is shared by uh, every single culture. This is one of these core ancestral universal things. Mm. And interestingly enough, those four behaviors are also uh, expressed by wolves. And uh, wolves have four different roles of behavior and they operate along the same two axes of psychology. And the, the reason why humans and wolves both do this is that that collective versatility within a tribe drives adaptability. And adaptability is the inarguable superpower of communal pack hunting species like ours. Mm. Uh, Evolution is not survival of the fittest. Evolution is survival of the most adaptable. Mm. So men, uh, this, this speaks directly to the way that we are processing COVID um social you know uh, isolation environmental change economic change aging gracefully integrating all this new wisdom from all these great podcasts like how quickly can you do it Mm -hmm. you win and if you're stuck uh in the inability to change and you ever say that's just the way i am or that's just the way we do things you have failed Mm -hmm. and it's an evolve or die situation So we are no longer physically evolving in time to answer the, the call. We're, we're cu- culturally, socially, spiritually, consciously evolving. Mm. So it's the, uh, the adaptability or the resourcefulness of, of men, of wolves, of human mm-hmm. beings that sets us apart. Mm-hmm. If I hear 100%. you correctly. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> now, wolves primarily have done that through the different um, behavior sets. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a, a football team. You know, like you've got You've got people who run the ball, people who throw the ball, people who block the ball, people who kick the ball. Yeah. And no one does all those things. Right. Now they're all football players and they should all be able to hit and wear pads and run. Mm-hmm. But, and just same thing with wolves, you're still a wolf. You still bite shit and you run. Yeah. Same thing with humans. We can all bite shit and run. <laughs> However, there's certain things that we're really good at. Some of us are compassionate. Some of us are disciplined. Some of us are, you know, competitive or whatever we are. Mm-hmm. And if you're part of a team, a family, a community, a, an organization that is able to utilize those specialists at mm-hmm. the proper time in the proper scenario, you win. Mm-hmm. And that's how uh, all organizations uh, that are successful function. And that's kind of the work I do with corporate teams as I reintroduce that kinship system mm-hmm. into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I was reading too, 
on your website or wherever, just that about that kind of connection and alliance with the wolf from 35,000 years ago, I believe is what you said. Um, you're talking about a lot of parallels, you know, but how are you using, you know, that, I don't know, kinship or that alliance, you know, and, and bringing into modern day time as, as being a teacher, if you will. Yeah. Well, they were the teacher. In fact, the, all the native American cultures refer to the wolf as the teacher. Hmm. Uh, that's that, that's how they refer to that animal. And what's interesting is that since our, you know, this is a, this is a homo sapien. Mm -hmm. This is us anatomically modern human mm -hmm. and uh, very unsuccessful. Like we're not the Lords of creation. Mm. We are a low level scavenger who has very little technology and almost went extinct. There was a genetic bottleneck um, several times over the last ice age where we were down to under 5,000 members of our species on planet earth. Wow. At, like we, we went, we were at the verge of going out Seriously, yeah. multiple times. So um, when you let compare that to the wolf, like a wolf pack at full power is the most dominant um, organization on planet earth on the land. Mm -hmm. And ironically on the water, what is it? In the ocean, uh, who's the boss? Orc, 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 uh, whales, uh, right? a, also known as uh, killer whales. Also known as uh, mammals. I don't know. <laughs> Cetaceous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sea wolf. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Sea wolf. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Like that's a sea wolf. Um, and so in the sea, it's the sea wolf. On land, it's the wolf wolf. That's so cool. Yeah. And and they they had the widest range. Um, of you know any mammal and they have the most success of any mammal and they had the most adaptability of any mammal. there are orcas that specifically teach their young how to hunt sharks and there's ones that specifically teach them how to hunt whales in specific situations mm. and then some hunt fish and some hunt um, sea lions and some hunt all these different things same thing with wolves mm -hmm. there are wolves that hunt fish there are wolves that, you know, hunt caribou. There are wolves that it's the same animal, yeah. but a vastly different platform of adaptability. Crazy. So we basically, as our unsuccessful marginal species, uh, we have neuroplasticity and we basically hacked and stole their operating system. And that's what we see today. Mm. Mm. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, and you, you, uh, I was reading too, that there's, there's three lessons of wolf wisdom. I'm kind of curious to, to know if maybe you've mentioned some of those already, but what are those? Uh, say the first part again, the, the, what's, what's the three lessons of wolf wisdom? Oh, oh, okay. Well, there's, um, there's the paleo anthropology version of this and I'll very quickly, um, the, uh, what is the oldest form or expression of culture that you can think of when you look at humans in the oldest form? Like, yeah, like, like evidence, evidence of culture. Uh, you mean by like Native Americans or mm, even older? Let's uh, go back to our hominid, you know, our, our, um, our family tree. Uh, where do you see evidence? culture for sure? Yeah, what's the evidence of it? It's a tricky it question. Be, forms of fire maybe 
yeah or yeah or, or yeah or tools. Uh, is it tool, tools yeah. or is it is it cave art is it ritual burial yeah like yeah. where is culture yeah and this was asked to the famous anthropologist margaret mead mm. and uh, she said healed long bones hmm. because uh a broken leg in the wild is a death sentence for sure right <laughs> you know and i remember the first time i went to africa we were riding along the safari jeeps and there's a zebra that didn't run from us we we're driving along to it uh and it couldn't run because it had a big compound fracture in its front one of its front legs hmm. and it was like oh god it's terrible like and i said like does the veterinarian come out or like how does that work and they looked at me like no no mister he gets eaten tonight I was like, oh, that, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Africa. <laughs> right. Um, so you get eaten, right? If you have a broken leg, unless what? Unless it heals. Well, unless you, what, it, what needs to happen unless, before it to heal? Uh, I think you need to reset it and rest. Yes. Yeah. How do you feed yourself? How do you get water? How do you, how do you get not eaten? Uh, yeah, you got to be, you got to protect yourself, right? Yeah. Well, it, and sustain I, yourself. You have to have systems to. Do you have to sustain yourself with your broken to, leg? No, you'd have, all, you'd have support, right? Of your yeah. brothers. Yeah. Culture. Ding, Culture. ding. Hmm. So very few animals uh, have evidence of regularly healed um, long bones in the fossil records, but wolves and hominids, which is our lineage, do. Yeah, that's so cool. So cool. So yeah. there's some, some reason, and everything has a reason, uh, nothing is random mm. in uh, there's a massive intelligence underneath the hood. So why would you be willing to invest all that time and energy and risk bringing food and water and not being able to run and having to stay to keep that one wounded member alive? Why do we do it? I'd say love. That's it. You're going all the way to love. <laughs> I mean, why else would you do it? You know, why would, why do wolves do it? Um, I don't know. Maybe is it part of that, that pack mentality where there's what's the benefit, the benefit of supporting each other. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that bond for survival. Why, why do um, almost every successful and certainly contemporary military you leave no man behind. Why? What's the point of that? It'd be much easier to let him go. Yeah. Saving uh, Private Ryan. Why do we right. do that? Why? That's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that. Maybe just so that you, so that you're willing to risk more. I don't know. There's a number of things, um, but what we're talking about is altruism. Hmm. Altruism is uh, a selflessness that you don't necessarily have to do but you do mm. and you see it only in um you know you see it in cetaceans which are whales mm. right? real smart animals communal animals right so it turns out that the individual uh is worth investing in there is a multi-generational investment in these individuals it's yeah. not just a thing and that also uh increases this uh, trust and safety which is which drives reciprocity mm. so i know that if i will bring you water when you're sick 
then you're going to bring me water when we're sick. So there's this collective resiliency that happens Mm -hmm. and people will then start taking more risks instead Mm -hmm. of it just being all for themselves. Mm -hmm. So we start to drive uh, an honor-based culture. Mm. An honor culture is that core operating system that exists in indigenous tribes uh, all across the globe. Mm. And it still exists in military units, uh, jujitsu schools, uh, professional sports teams. Mm -hmm. But we've lost the honor system because it can't um, it can't exist in gigantic organizations Mm -hmm. because it involves knowing people at an intimate level. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice myself for you if you're a stranger. I will sacrifice myself for you if you're a kinsman. Mm-hmm. Like, if I know who you are mm-hmm. and you're an extension of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, if you and I were brothers, then it's <clears> like, <throat> yeah, you got, yeah, you want a kidney? You got it. Yeah. Like, you, you fuck with my brother, you fuck with me. Right. Like, that's how it works. Right. But if you're just a stranger on the street, hey, bro, not worth me getting involved with that. That's yeah. yours, your, your circus, your monkeys. Yeah. So we have experienced the uh, destruction of our honor-based code, Mm -hmm. and we have been replaced by a pride-based system, which is focused on an individual-centric reality. Mm -hmm. Now it's every wolf for himself. Mm -hmm. And what that leads is the uh, inability to hunt big game. Mm -hmm. And wolves and humans are built to hunt big game. So we have then re- reverted to uh, hunting small game uh, or scavenging. Mm-hmm. And that's what most men end up doing with their half-ass careers mm-hmm. and their you know, addiction to porn and alcohol and mm-hmm. lone wolf status. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a death spiral. It's settling for less than mm-hmm. we're capable of. Yeah, completely agree. So go back and list the three. Oh, sorry. We, that's where we were. Wisdoms. That's good where job. We were. Hey, good interviewing. You brought it back. Nice yes. work. Yes. Okay. I'm curious. Okay. I'm really curious. So yeah. wolves altruism. and humans share altruism, yep. heal, heal long bones. Uh, the second one is that what I mentioned driven by altruism is that ability to have multi-generational learning. Mm. Um, if you look at um, the, our species have been around for 300,000 years. Our tool use has been around for 3 million years. And basically, same tool from, it's called an Acheulean hand axe, really simple, um, bi-faced, you know, flint-napped uh, thing, quite beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but it, we didn't invent that. Like Homo erectus, 3 million years ago, invented that. Now, um, you and I, you drop us off in the Serengeti, we're not making that thing. In fact, yeah. you know, we die pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. Unless... Our great grandfather had taught our grandfather who taught our father who taught us. Mm-hmm. So multi-generational learning, uh, that elder wisdom that is passed on uh, is the thing that uh, we share with wolves as well. That's the second commonality. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what I'm doing with, um, with my wolf tribe work and really with K4 is, you know, I'm, I've spent a lot of years gathering elder wisdom and I'm reinstalling it. I'm making totally. it available totally. for men and organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that we share with the wolf are what I talked about before are those four different 
behavioral roles that exist within a pack or a tribe mm -hmm. that drive versatility and therefore adaptability. Mm -hmm. So we share all those, all those three things and it, how that happened, you know, obviously it's been lost in the mists of time, mm -hmm. but we do know that 70,000 years ago, we came out of Africa up into Europe and it was already populated mm -hmm. by the Neanderthal and the wolf. And they were having their, their uh, fixed battle, just like the hyenas and the wolves did mm -hmm. down in Africa. Mm -hmm. And the Neanderthals were something you did not want to fuck with. Mm -hmm. They were radically bigger, stronger, faster, better adapted to cold climate and bigger brains mm -hmm. and the same toolkit. And they already had all the good caves. <laughs> so good luck humans mm -hmm. in, in colonizing that. But what happened was we formed that alliance. So 35,000 years ago, we formed, you know, that our first and most transformational partner with the wolf. And it was, uh, it, and the world was never the same because we then took that animal and that partnership across Asia, across the land bridge into North America, mm. tromped down through Central and South America, hunted the shit out of planet Earth. In fact, everywhere that the wolf and the man combo went, you see an 85% drop in megafauna. So wow. we wiped out all those big, slow things because there was nothing else like us at that mm. point. So when you say, I'm just thinking about this practically, when you say like we formed a, an alliance with the wolf 35,000 years ago, it, not like a, <laughs> an alliance that I'm initially thinking of, but it's more like we're watching what they're doing, what's working for them we're applying the same strategies and we like, but, but coexisting as they kind of work from continent to continent. Yes. You know what, I, again, you know, a lot of people have seen the movie alpha. Yeah. Um, that wasn't my version of that. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that with uh, at least in native American, North American culture, they, um, there was a communal hunting dynamic in place hmm. that the uh, humans with their tools were much more lethal mm -hmm. than having to go in with your face on a bison. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a wolf, a wolf, a big wolf is a hundred pounds, a big wolf. Right. And a bison weighs 2000. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a bloodbath. So, uh, you know, number one, all you guys who think that the lone wolf thing is cool, it's not, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a really bleak way to go through life mm -hmm. and you're a scavenger. Mm -hmm. So shift your process of, uh, mm -hmm. um, you're not free because you're a lone wolf. Yeah. You know, riding across the desert on your Harley, you're starving to death. Yeah. So, um, wolves are faster. they obviously have, um, way better senses than we do. Mm -hmm. They're better hunters. Uh, we're better killers. And there's a profound difference between hunting and killing. Mm -hmm. um, hunting means broad aperture mm -hmm. of look what's in the valley and how do I move towards that. Killing is a narrow aperture and it is being incredibly focused. Totally. And humans are killers. Mm. Wolves are hunters. I mean, that, that was the, again, that was the specialization that happened. And the Native Americans would always leave... Uh, a leg for the wolves. It was an agreement. Mm. 
Mm. And what's interesting, there seems to be evidence of wolves and ravens partnering, is that ravens were almost the air force mm. and wolves will leave food for ravens. Hmm. So there, there's a lot of different um, so cool. kind of synergy, synergistic alliances yeah. in the animal world. And uh, humans and wolves were absolutely one of them. That's so fascinating. I love it. And I, and I still geek out and on watching, especially on like Instagram or on TV, just the, the documentaries on wolves or wild dogs over in Africa, how they show, especially like from a drone, you know, as they're watching them spread out, hunt caribou and, you know, just how they exhaust them, how they go about, oh, it's just fascinating. I'm like, yeah, so cool. I love it. Well, you. And what's interesting, uh, and this was when I was in school that, we weren't talking about any of these things, but um, we, uh, the whites of our eyes is called the sclera, mm -hmm. the white of your eye. Mm -hmm. And it's um, a, a tremendous liability at night. If you're trying to hunt something because you're, you're can be seen right with the whites of your eyes, mm -hmm. or if you're being hunted, another terrible liability. Mm -hmm. And if you look at um, most, big cats and all, all the primates uh, none of them have white sclera oh interesting so uh wolves have white sclera and the reason why they do is is because it, it's an incredibly powerful non-verbal communication of look what i'm looking at look exactly you can tell exactly what i'm looking at by just seeing my eyes move mm -hmm. in fact i just have to go like that and you're going oh right there that one mm -hmm. that one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're the first primate that has white sclera. Hmm. And there are many people who are saying um, that is like, uh, you know, the wolf became our dogs. Yeah. Well, we changed a little too. So this was a little combo platter of us being able to partner together. And I don't really need to even tell my dog much verbally. Mm -hmm. My dog just kind of see what my, my, my language, my body posture and what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And they know exactly what we're doing. Mm. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. When, when we've talked offline, um, you kind of talked about the, I mean, you've talked a little bit about it just while we've been recording now, but the, just that vital need for the return of authentic kinship, you know, to our culture and our world right now, especially mm -hmm. right now. Um, explain kind of what your thoughts are a little bit more on that, especially for, for men mm -hmm. and men doing men's work with each other. It's a, we would never hit the bottom of how important kinship is. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll riff on a couple vital things. Number one, uh, there's a big difference between guilt and shame. Mm. Guilt is what you feel about yourself and you can self-absolve. It's like, ah, you know what? I kind of half-assed my workout, but you know what? I'll get back after it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Cool. No harm, no foul. Mm -hmm. Shame is very different because it's what I think you think about me. And if I know that we're both training for something that we need each other yeah. and I half ass my workout and I know you saw, I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. And I, and the only way that I can dispel that shame is by saying, Hey bro, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I, I did lean into that last workout and you go, Hey man, totally cool. We'll get it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're all good. And now I'm absolved. Oh, thank you. So I'm still party. Like we're still good. I still have honor in your eyes. Now, uh, without kinship, without the safety of being able to share that inadequacy, uh, men get to carry their shame forever. 
and it gets heavier and heavier because each day um, you're inadequate, you get more shame. So eventually there's just this gigantic toxic load of shame that is completely unhealthy, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. that kinship, that's the the first one. The second one um, is we're all lazy. I mean, that's the reality. We, we all systems tend towards entropy. Like right. no matter what we build, it's falling down at some point in time. So all of our, our practices and our rituals and our commitments, well, unless you maintain those, they're all degrading back to couch potato. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so part of kinship is having dudes that hold you accountable because mm-hmm. you're going to be a fucking loser if you just lean on your own motivation, mm-hmm. eventually that burns out. You have a bad day, you fall off the wagon, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, one well, shit, am I back here again? Mm-hmm. So being part of a tribe of men that hold you accountable for something larger than yourself yeah. is indispensable. Mm-hmm. Um, from a simple biochemical level, the uh, you know kinship drives um, resiliency. It releases serotonin, particularly physical contact. So when I am with my brothers, my kin, then um, I am, my body is releasing serotonin because it's a well-being hormone. And what it does is it cancels out um, cortisol. It turns off your, your sympathetic nervous system. And so if you don't have enough serotonin, that's clinically called depression. Okay. So- yep without your brothers like you get to live like that yeah and i could go on and on and on about kinship i mean it's because it's it is the core operating system of our species we're designed for it it's kind of like okay you know we've we've spent a hundred years building cars and now you know what we just decided it's better to put just pour water in the gas tank Mm -hmm. right because it's healthier it's way better Mm -hmm. well you're fucked like good luck you have to completely overhaul the whole car. So unless you're going to completely overhaul humanity mm. at a at a cellular level, you need kinship. Mm. Mm. And I would say, especially with some of my men's my friends free men's meetings, that I would say it's so many of them come away with a they didn't realize that other men felt the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the realization that they're not a lone wolf, mm-hmm. and b just how much they're hungry for kinship just yep. guys being guys together, you know, mm-hmm. in all those different facets. Um, well, I love it. And, and talking about doing the work, kinship, wolf tribe, tell, tell the listeners a little bit more of what you got going on with the, the K4. I mean, you mentioned the K4 rite of passage, but the digital program, is it digital? Is it live? Is it uh, hybrid? What does that look like? Um, so the website for you guys who can't see, um, yeah. it's K4, like the letter K, number four, men.com k4men.com really easy to remember uh, and it was originally designed my co-founder joshua winner he's another veteran and he's a a real um leader in the grief and trauma space hmm. so this is one of his that's one of his um spheres of genius is yeah. that yeah so I'm, I'm kind of a big leadership guy you know and he's a resiliency guy and that and k4 is a leadership and resiliency company hmm. and uh to get into K4, you have to go through the rite of passage that we've all gone through where you get introduced to some of these central things 
so that we're all aligned and we're safe. Mm. Like that's, that's, and men have been doing this forever. Um, even in the Masons, you know, to get into the Masons, you have to go through this process where they, you know, you are now in alignment, you're bought in and you have to behave in an honorable way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you don't get to be in the Masons anymore mm-hmm. or the Marines mm-hmm. or whatever other fraternal order there is. Mm-hmm. So we're, this is our version of that. And so the rite of passage uh, consists of 13 weeks of really, really great digital content yep. and curriculum. And then every week you meet with an in-person or it's remote, right? But it's, it's live. Mm-hmm. Um, small accountability groups where you unpack it, you do your challenges together and you go through the cohort with a small group of men and that's called a round table. And after uh, going through the rite of passage, then you get to join K4 Nation, which is our ongoing men's group. And we, next week, we're gonna go out and see the wolves. We go rock climbing. Cool. Uh, we have a big retreat in October where a couple hundred of us are gonna go up to Big Bear and, mm, and get in the woods and do man shit. Yeah, yeah, so out on the West Coast. Correct, yep. Yep. Uh, it's incredible. So if guys wanted to get into kind of just learn more k4men.com, they can sign up there and then just kind of roll from there. Right. And, I, and I guess the other one, just, yeah, you're, you're asking my, um, and that's my labor of love k4. Yeah. Um, how I buy food for my family is I'm a, um, an organizational consultant. So I do um, leadership and culture development with organizations, with teams of people. I work at Red Bull and with sports teams and with corporations. And secretly, what I'm doing with them is I'm reinstalling kinship into our corporate world. Hmm. And if you are a leader who is interested in that, then I'd love to um, chat with you about that journey. Yeah. So that's the Wolf Tribe Organizational Consulting Services, if you will. And the website is mywolftribe.com. That's awesome. And you've worked with Google, Apple, SpaceX, Red Bull. Yeah. tons of amazing companies like that that's so cool yeah. you're killing it i love it that's, i mean you've got so many things i've you know been on your website multiple times and you've got so many things that you've been just investing your heart and soul into it's pretty pretty cool to see just where you've come in terms of the work that you've been for for decades you know it's got to be somewhat gratifying yeah <laughs> to absolutely yeah it's a been a really exciting process and and, you know, talking about those three stages of uh, keeping the sacred pond mm. clean mm-hmm. uh, and also as it relates to uh, getting older, mm-hmm. you start getting some clarity about those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that certainly has been my, my path is, you know, healing the trauma, mm-hmm. doing, doing, the, doing the bucket work, mm-hmm. which is a word that comes from that book iron john it means to bucket out the lake mm. to get to the wild man yeah and you start establishing the uh, discipline protocol practices that create a um, a sacred life we uh, yeah. learning how to sacrifice for the sacred and you know once those pieces are handled then you get to start taking some shots downfield mm. at um, service and mm. purpose and meaning and legacy yep. and some of those big, those other things. And so the, the place that I'm at right now is, you know, and I, it's not fair to compare like when young men go on, Oh, this is what I should be doing. It's like, no, you, you do your work right in front of you. 
Yeah. I do that. Um, you know, the uh, Campbell says, when the knights went on the quest, they all entered the woods at their own darkest point. Hmm. If you follow the path of another knight, it is not your path and you will never achieve your full potential. Yeah. And he, what he's referring to is, you know, you have to go on your journey yeah. and wherever it is, it's going to suck. <laughs> and for a long time, it's going yeah. to suck. And yeah. you start finding the glory mm. in the suck mm. and you start finding the transformation. And at some, at some point, all of that shadow and that darkness actually becomes um, your brand mm. and it becomes your passion. It becomes your vehicle. And instead of fighting the dragons, you start riding the dragons. It becomes your most powerful piece. That really resonates for me. I feel like since my divorce at 30 and so many other things, it's just when the shit hit the fan, I feel mm -hmm. like there's been so many amazing things over the last 11 years that I've been enjoying and I'm embracing it. There's so much of it that has been sucking, <laughs> you know, and it can get exhausting, you know, yeah. but I think with other men, it's just being like being on a sports team. It just makes like we can all kind of not suffer together per se, but realizing that there's strength, there's bonding mm -hmm. that comes together while we're doing the work together, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that to me really resonates. I'm glad you mentioned that. So why well, there's so many more things I could talk about. I'd love to, you know, this we'll, could be part we'll do one. it again. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, Johnny. Cause I want to hear about it. And I admire the, the relationship you have with your wife. Um, just like personal side of things of so many areas of where you've kind of dialed in your King energy and you're finding abundance, you know, when I'm sure in your younger years, it wasn't always the case, but um, there's so many things that we could talk about, but anyways, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you from the so of my heart for the, for the time, for the wisdom, for your energy. Um, and I hope guys, really do tune into k4men.com all the other things that you have going on especially if you're out in california they can what, what part of california are you in exactly i live in venice beach where venice la beach. hits the ocean yeah oh incredible uh well i'm definitely gonna hit you up for a coffee or whatnot next time i'm out there since i've got a bunch of friends i that love way, it so. i love it we'll go take a jujitsu class i would love that i'll we'll roll around that. i'd get my ass kicked yeah uh, that's, the, that's why you go yeah exactly yeah i'd be happy to do that but thank you brother i really appreciate yeah my you. man my man Godspeed. Godspeed. Thank you so much. And if you're uh, listening for the very first time, thank you for checking out the Johnny King show and uh, check out all the good stuff that Phil Folsom is up to. And we'll catch up with you on the next episode. All right. Take care. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the Johnny King show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash Coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.